new on Curiosity Stream. This bear's walking right at me. We'll see if he wants trouble or not. Follow filmmaker Casey Anderson as he gets an unprecedented face-to-face -face look at Alaska's fiercest carnivores on the Tracker's Diary, Bears of Katmai. Plus, why is a tiny island in the Pacific one of America's most crucial outposts? Discover the truth behind this mysterious Trans-Pacific stopover on Extremity's Wake Island. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Trends, a free podcast series published by Silicon Valley Business School. I'm your host, David Smith. At Silicon Valley Business School, we provide affordable, real-world business education to everyone, everywhere, and guide entrepreneurs towards success with their startup ventures. In this podcast, we're discussing a recent patent case coming out of the District of Delaware Court that has a chilling effect on innovators and inventors with US patents. Don't worry, we'll keep this understandable for normal people, and I'll try not to confuse you with any legalese. Essentially, what happened here was that the patent was granted by the USPTO Patent Office, and it was asserted by the patent holder Finnovations LLC against the accused infringer Payoneer Incorporated. Merely for filing the lawsuit, it seems, after dismissing the case, the presiding judge decided that the patent holder should pay the legal fees of the accused infringer. This goes against the way lawsuits are supposed to work in the United States, where the American rule means that the winner and loser each pay their own legal fees. It's called the American rule because it's distinguished from the rule in the United Kingdom, where the loser pays the legal fees of the winning party. Now, a patent is an exclusive right to an invention. It's a deal between the inventor and the state where the inventor is provided with an exclusive right to the patent for 20 years. And in exchange, the inventor discloses the invention so others can learn from it and they can enhance the knowledge of society as a whole. Patents have been around since the 1400s, building new technology on old technology. And countries that offer patent protection have encouraged invention and have flourished since that time. As an exclusive right, the only thing you can do with a patent is use it to sue infringers in court, demanding a reasonable royalty, and in some cases an injunction blocking the sale of infringing products. A parent patent can be used to file child applications and build a family of patents. But the only thing you can do with a patent is sue infringers. It's a ticket to the federal court system or the International Trade Commission where you can block infringing products coming in through the ports. So let's get this straight. A patent is a right to sue in federal court. You file a patent, which is granted by the US Patent and Trademark Office. You pay your patent prosecution fees to the US Patent and Trademark Office and your maintenance fees then you exercise your right to file suit against an accused infringer. And then you're told that you should not have filed the lawsuit and that you have to pay the legal fees of the defendant, which are usually measured in millions of dollars. How can this be true? 
Well, there's a deeper story about what's going on here. Defendants in these lawsuits are usually large corporations, and the patent holders are often small inventors who have teamed up with lawyers to collect patent royalties from the large product manufacturers that have refused to pay. A group of the largest corporations in the world, with armies of lawyers and almost unlimited funds, have lobbied Washington and funded a lot of fake news about patent trolls, and as a result, they've successfully changed the patent laws in their favor. This is a war between large corporations and the small inventors of this world. Of course, small inventors are no match for the bigger, the biggest, most powerful companies on the planet. The big guys have won, and the US patent system has been weakened extensively in recent years. In the marketplace, large corporations are accustomed to using their muscle to bully small competitors. In the courts, the small company used to be able to get support from a jury and collect royalties when they prove that large corporations have stolen their inventions. It used to be difficult to bully the little guy in federal court, but not now. Now what's happening is that the big corporation hires the most expensive lawyers and threatens the patent holder that they will be forced to pay millions of dollars in legal fees unless they drop the case. An inventor may team up with a small law firm that offers work on a purely contingent basis. The inventors often don't have millions of dollars to pay to a law firm, and the lawyers agree to work on a contingent basis where they earn a share of the funds collected if the case is won, but there are no fees if the case is lost. This is the only way many inventors are able to assert their rights. Following intense lobbying, the courts have changed the patent laws in several important areas. Now they say that the patent holder can be forced to pay the legal fees of the accused infringer in a case that is considered exceptional. The first thing you ask then is what type of case is exceptional? It seems this has been left to the discretion of the court and the judge. The only guidance from the Supreme Court is an exceptional case is one that stands out from others. Previously, patent holders were forced to pay the accused infringer's legal fees when there was bad faith or some underhand tactics used in the litigation. This Finnovations case is totally different. There was no bad faith, no misconduct in the litigation, Nothing except the patent holder presumed the patent was valid because it had been granted by the patent office. The judge stated that the issuance of a patent cannot and should not be a license to sue with abandon. Well, a patent is a license to sue. That's all it is. So what does it mean to sue with abandon? Who knows? As a patent holder, you could find yourself forced to sell your house and pushed into bankruptcy if you're unable to pay millions of dollars of legal fees based on how a judge interprets the word exceptional. And when a patent becomes a license to sue with abandon, as opposed to merely a license to sue. 
Of course, this is all part of the war being waged against patents by the large corporate lobbyists who don't like paying patent royalties. But there's more to it than that. The patent caseload in Delaware district courts has gone through the roof in the last couple of years as a result of a change in law that forces the patent holder to sue the accused infringer in its own state. And most large corporations in the US are incorporated in the state of Delaware. Previously, most of the patent cases were brought in the Eastern District of Texas because this district didn't have an FBI office or a US attorney's office. And as a result, the Eastern Texas courts were not clogged up with drug cases. Cases in the Eastern District of Texas moved quickly and provided little opportunity for the accused infringers to delay. So patent holders chose this venue until the Supreme Court decided to succumb to lobbying by large corporations and they changed the rules such that cases now have to be heard in the defendant's home court and Delaware's court docket has grown with patent cases ever since. You essentially have to sue a large corporation in its own backyard. So, with a growing list of patent cases, the Delaware courts have taken steps to deter inventors from asserting their rights, and this case is a clear warning to patent holders. If you assert your rights and sue accused infringers, regardless of whether there's any bad faith or litigation misconduct, the Delaware court can, and clearly often will, force you to pay the legal fees incurred by the accused infringer. Large corporations aren't exactly the darlings of the public. And you might wonder how they managed to spin the patent troll story and win such a crushing victory against inventors over the last several years. This is a David and Goliath story, but the corporate lobbyists managed to create a story that the patent holders were the big faceless corporate entities and the accused infringers were small defenseless startups. It doesn't make sense for a patent holder to sue a startup. It rarely, if ever, happens. As you know, litigation attorneys, especially when they're working on purely commission on a contingent basis, are always looking for the deep pockets. And they're not going to take on a case that involves suing a small business that's strapped for cash. Nevertheless, the lobbyists produced a report claiming that patent trolls were crippling startups. Embarrassingly, the report was authored by an associate professor from my law school, Santa Clara Law, Colleen Chen. Instead of reporting on actual assertions against small companies, the report focused on venture capital investors and found that 75% of venture investors had shares in companies that had been accused of patent infringement by non-practicing entities, essentially patent holders that are not product manufacturing corporations themselves. The report implied that the accused infringers in these cases were small startups, but importantly failed to point out that venture capital investors syndicate their investments, spreading their investments across large numbers of co companies, and they own shares in many of the largest corporations. 
the venture capital investors might have shares in companies that are, have been sued for patent infringement. But those companies are some of the largest, most powerful corporations in the world. The bogus data in this report caused serious damage to the patent system. Colin Chen wasn't fired for misleading the public, but believe it or not, instead was appointed to work in the White House. The bills before Congress and changes in the patent laws that have strengthened the large corporate interests at the expense of inventors were sold to the public under the guise of helping small companies and entrepreneurs. It's unbelievable, but they managed to sell the story that bullying inventors is designed to encourage innovation and create jobs. Hey, this is what happens when you get large, sophisticated corporations grouping together to take on a disorganized set of small inventors. The inventors are seriously outgunned, and there's only going to be one winner in this fight. The winners have been the large corporations that now get away with infringing patents with impunity. The loser is the US patent system, the inventor, and by discouraging innovation, the loser in the long term will be society and the economy as a whole. Although this is a very recent case out of Delaware and is clearly a worry to inventors, there have been some rays of hope coming out of the US Patent and Trademark Office. Under Michelle Lee, a former Google executive, the US Patent and Trademark Office set about invalidating patents upon request by large corporations under the new inter-party review process. Large corporations paying the patent office a fee of uh, that's now just increased to $30,000, used to be about $15,000. They could delay a patent case by a year and get a patent invalidated with a certainty rate of about 80%. If the patent was not invalidated in the first attack, it could come under additional attacks with additional fees paid to the patent office by the large corporate petitioners, each one delaying any lawsuits by about a year. Not surprisingly, the US Patent and Trademark Office judges working under Michelle Lee became known as patent death squads. Taking over from Michelle Lee, Director Andre Iancu at the US Chamber of Commerce Patent Policy Conference in 2018 made some interesting statements. He said, throughout our nation's history, the patent system has played a critical role in stimulating technological advances. The American patent system, which in prior years was deservedly ranked as number one, the number one system in the world, he went on to say, in 2017, fell to number 10. And this year, which was 2018, it fell further, tied for number 12. We're at an inflection point with respect to the patent system. As a nation, we cannot continue down the same path if we want to maintain our global economic leadership and we will not continue down the same path. When patent owners and the public have confidence in the patent grant, inventors are encouraged to invent, investments are made, companies grow, jobs are created, science and technology advance. These are all statements by the new head of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So at least 
he recognizes some of the issues. And we have to live in hope that the US patent system can be restored to the point that it encourages and rewards inventors and stops big corporate interests from infringing and bullying inventors with impunity. We'll talk further about patent death squads and other issues in upcoming editions of this podcast series. You'll find details of this case and other information on this topic, including dozens of courses, thousands of videos and reading materials on our Silicon Valley Business School website at svbs.co. We have two um, courses that you might be interested in there. One is on patents and intellectual property, where you'll find the information on this case. Um, but there's another course on patent strategies as well. You're welcome to join me in my Silicon Valley Business School chat room, where I can answer questions and help you monetize your patents and navigate your startup towards success. I hope you'll join us for future podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll get new episodes as and when they're released. And please rate us in your podcast player, as this will help us get the word out to entrepreneurs, inventors, and the other people we're trying to help with this podcast series. That's it for today. Hope you tune in to the next Silicon Valley Trends, the podcast for innovators and entrepreneurs. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels.